Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. I've said this is the one statement I've tried to bring true, ring true in your ears, and that is this, that there's no such thing as a perfect family. You're going to be tempted, and you probably have these family, picture of these family that you see, that you think, man, they got it all together, and they look so perfect, and, and if we could just be like them, let me tell you something. If you were to go be with them, you'd be like, oh my goodness. You know, they're messed up, worse than we are. That's what you would, you would see because it's true. There's no perfect family. So what we're saying in this series is this, is it's not about, it's not about perfection, it's right direction. Yes. We just want to take the right step of trying to go uh, God's way. Now, I want to tell you, I, like, I, I want to tell you a story I haven't told in a couple years. Uh, when I became the pastor of this church, I was 26 years old. And uh, you know, when you're 26 years old and everybody in your congregation is 60 plus years old, you, wanted, you, got to, you feel a little overwhelmed, insecure, right? So, so I remember thinking, you know, I'm the pastor. i got to act like the pastor. And so I remember coming in on one Sunday after being the pastor for three weeks. I come in, and, and we, I had a little bit of office, and I had title pastor on the door, like, yes, this is a holy man of God back here, yes. So I went into that little office and sat down behind that desk, and all of a sudden, a knock on the door. Oh, man, a God's going to, yes, how can I help you, ma'am? There stood there as a lady uh, in her later 60s. She said, uh, Pastor, can I talk with you? I said, yes, come into the Holy of Holies here. No, I didn't say that. But, <laughs> but anyway, that's sort of the way I felt, you know, like, okay, well, man, I got to get to make a pastoral decision this morning. She needs my help. And so I went over and I sat down behind my desk and she continued to stand. I said, ma'am, you can be seated if you like. Now, what can I do to help you, ma'am? She said, Pastor, I just want you to know, last week, last Sunday night, somebody prayed for me, and God touched me. I was like, Sister, tell me about it. Let me know. She said, Pastor, I want you to know, my bowels had been locked up for a week. And she said, I just want you to know, this week, every time I went, I said, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Did just like that in my office. That's a prayer that I didn't care that she told me got answered or not. You know what I'm saying? There's some things you don't need to know. And the reason I share that with you is because today people will talk about anything, won't they? I mean, they will say anything, especially social media. It's amazing what people say and what they post. People will talk about everything except one thing, and that's finances. It seems like no one wants to talk about that. And as soon as I mention the word in this room, and, and those of you that are watching online, please do not click me off just because I say that word. Because I got a great surprise for you if you hang to the end. Matter of fact, this is going to be at the end. I've got, there's something that's going to happen at the end that's going to rock your world. I believe that, a testimony. So hang in here with me. So today I want to talk to you about that. But before we do, there's a statement that we've been saying throughout this entire series and I hope that you don't forget it. And that's why we're saying it over and over again. It's coming up on the screen. And I'd love for everyone in this room and everyone at home, let's say it loud and proud. Come on, let's say it. You ready? 
My family will be okay if we do things God's way. That's it. No matter, even if you've not done it God's way, if you start right now, right now, it'll work out. God just has a way of doing that. Everything will be okay if we do things God's way. So I want to talk to you today about how to handle my family business. Because every family is a business. Everyone says, well, I'm not a business owner. No, you're not a business owner, but you're part of a business. If you got a home, you're running a business. Amen? Amen. I mean, listen, you got, you got things to operate. You got finances. So there's a business. And everybody that's in that home is a part of the business. No matter if they're three years old, right? They're part of the business. And you have to take them into account. And so I want to talk to you today about that. I'll give you four things today that I have learned and that are from God's Word that have been proven principles that will help you. And so let's get started. The first thing is this, how to handle my family's business. Number one is tell my family the truth about our finances. Tell them the truth about our finances. Look what the Bible says, Ephesians 4 and 15. He says, instead, speaking the truth in what? In love. Speaking the truth in love. And notice what he goes on to say, we will... And what's those next three words? In all things, in all things, what are we going to do? We're going to grow up. You can't grow up until you speak the truth in love. You, you will never, ever grow up until whatever area you're lacking in, in your relationship or whatever, you have to speak the truth in order to grow. You cannot grow until you speak the truth. He said, growing up into him who is ahead, that is Christ. There is no love without truth. Would you agree with that? Amen. There's no love without truth. You have to speak the truth with love. And that's the one thing I would love to, I hope that you will, you will get this morning because Jesus said this. Jesus said, it's the truth that sets you what? Free. Free. And allow, make you dead, right? <laughs> the truth will set you free. And so you have to have the truth. The truth has to be spoken. And I cannot overstate that because there, there's some of us in this room and many of us that I went, Rhonda and I went through this period as well, that we're not telling the truth. And you cannot get ahead. Some of the saddest people that I've had the, had the I don't want to say privilege, but have had an experience with as a pastor of this church for 25 years with people that come and told me and said, you know what, my spouse is, I just found out that my spouse has run up a $50,000 credit card bill I had no idea about. My car was towed. Here, someone comes and tells me, my car was towed from my work and I was so embarrassed because I thought my spouse was making that payment and they had not been making the payment and they come and repossess my car. One of the saddest times I think I've ever had is, is seeing someone say, my house has been foreclosed on, and not only that, it's been sold on the courthouse square, and I had no idea until the sheriff showed up and said, you got to get out. Those are real-life examples. Those are things that, I, that I've experienced with people, and, and I can tell you, when you look on that face of that person who did not know, it's, it's trauma. It's like, how could this ever happen? You have to tell the truth. No matter how bad it is right now, it's, it's better right now. The truth is better now than to find out later and let it keep, keep escalating into something out of control. And you say, how could anybody do that? They just kept putting it off the truth. Amen. It's the truth that sets you free. Yes. And you can never, ever have what you want 
without that in your life. So I got a question for you. What truth are you hiding or keeping from your family or your spouse? What truth are you keeping from your family or your spouse? Today's the day that you begin to make some decisions that I've got to get out from under this. I've got to tell the truth. The second thing I would tell you about how to handle family business is this, is number two, is get on the same page with our finances. Get on the same page. I cannot overstate what I'm about to share with you. Look what the Bible says. Proverbs 27. Would you read out loud with me those first four words? Let's read them with a, with a little uh, authority. Let's read them. You ready? Come on. Riches can disappear fast. Amen, anybody? Anybody know that? Amen. It, it's, it's hard to come, but easy to go, right? Mm-mm-mm. I was with a, a, a college student who, who was just learning to live life now, and he says, man, I had this money, and I had it saved up, and it's only been three weeks, and I've just about blown it all. He said, it was so easy to come, or so hard to come, but it sure was easy to go. Yes. That's the truth, isn't it? He goes on and says this, and the king's crown doesn't stay in his family forever. What he's saying, is, what he's saying is, is, is that you can't always count on the government to take care of you. Come on. Man. Man. Unemployment runs out. Yes. Okay, just moving on right there, right? <laughs> so watch your business interests closely. He goes on and says this, know the state of your flocks and your herds. So in, in Solomon's day, that was like, you know, that's the way you considered your wealth is about how many uh, cattle and sheep and so forth that you have. <laughs> I guess this is still happening to some today because when I was a student pastor, that means I worked with teenagers in Toccoa, Georgia in 1990. I remember going to a, a uh, dairy queen there that served breakfast. And I went there and I sat down and I was having my biscuits and an older gentleman come and sat down at my table. I didn't know... I, didn't know who he was, still don't know who he is. Sat down at my table. He says, young man, I want to tell you something. I said, yes, sir. What, what is it? What can I do for you? He said, I want you to know, don't you put all your money in a bank. You go out there and buy you, buy you cows where you can watch your money walk around. <laughs> 20, I'm like, what do I look like here? I don't, do I look like a millionaire? I must look like a million bucks because I'm broke, buddy. You don't know who you're talking to here. <laughs> I can tell you this day, I'm not broke anymore, but I can tell you this day, I don't have any cows walking around. I don't know what that means, but I, I don't have any cows. Maybe but he knew, knows something we don't know. So what I want to share with you is this, is that know, know what you have. I hear so many people talk to me and they say, you know what? Uh, my husband and I, or my wife and I, or my mom and dad and I, we're not on the same page. And they'll get all upset. We're not on the same page. I just don't, that jerk, we're just not on the same page. They're mad. And so after they get done venting, I ask one question. Where's the page? They're like, what do you mean? Yeah. No, 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 no. Where is the page? If there's not a page, then you can never be on the same page. 
In other words, you've got to write it down. You've got to write down. What is, what is it that you owe? What is it, you know, where your finances are going? You've got to be on the same, get on the same page. Yes. Now, Rhonda and I fought about money like everybody else does. And boy, I mean, we would go at it. And here's the way the argument is. It sort of sounds the same as yours, I'm sure. Because I would say, okay, well, I'm going to go get this. She said, well, we don't have the money. Because she kept the checkbook. And I was like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. What do you mean we don't have the money? I just did, I just worked an extra job. And I just gave $500. Back in the day, that was a lot of money. We, I just gave you $500. What do you mean? No, we got the money. I just gave it to you. Well, you know, the insurance come due. I'm like, you lying? <laughs> Tell me no insurance is coming due. And so I was like, no, that ain't right. Yes, it is right, too. Oh, no. I said, no, you've been, do you've been doing something with the money. That's what you, what have you been doing with the money? And we would, and all of a sudden, it started getting loud like this. And, and about 15 minutes into that, I knew what was coming next. All of a sudden, that, she'd take that checkbook, and it'd be like a, a sword. She'd swing that thing at me and release it. And I'd duck and Matter of fact, I think I got a mark right up here because I didn't duck fast enough one time. Throw it at me. You take care of it. I can tell you this, that our financial crisis never got better by shaming and blaming. Shaming and blaming. It only got better when we got on the same page. And you know what that means? It's called a budget. We sat down and we wrote out all the things that we owed and how much money come in, and we agreed that we were going to live by that. And let me tell you something, when you do it the first time, it will scare you to death. Because yes. whoever's keeping the budget right now, your spouse or your children, they have no idea how much money it takes to run the house. When you put it on paper, it's like, oh my, it scared me to death. Look what the Bible says, Proverbs 21.5 says this. Plan carefully, and you will have what? Plenty. Plenty, that's right. But if you act too quickly, you will never have what? Enough. That's right. You'll never have enough. That's good. So it's all about if you plan or not. Now, remember, you've got to hang in here with me to the end of the message, okay? Because we've got something, a story coming. It's, it's pretty, pretty rad. People don't plan to fail. We fail to plan. That's the way. Let me tell you something. If your parents and their parents never planned finances, they just live week to week, that's what you've done. That's all you know. And so you, you will, you'll begin to do the same thing. And so you have to say, okay, I've got to do better than this. So you have to learn how to plan. And that's what we're going to teach you and talk to you about here shortly, let you know how you can do that. Okay, it's coming up on the screen. Let's say it again. You ready? Let's say our statement. Here we go. My family will be okay if we do things God's way. I hope you say that in your sleep. I hope you wake up tonight, you're dreaming, like, my family will be okay. Somebody looks over at you and says, what is wrong with you? I want you to get it. The third thing is this, how to handle my family's business is be generous. Be generous. This is a principle that I want to teach you because I remember when I got it, Jesus shared it. In Luke, uh, Luke 6 and 38, I want you to notice the first sentence of this word, this uh, verse, actually. Look what it says. Jesus said, give, and what's that next word? It. 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 Notice that. Give and it. Give and it. Give and it. What is it? Whatever you give. 
Give and it will be given to you, right? Give and it, whatever you give will be given to you. He says, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, press down, shake it together and run it over, will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. What Jesus is saying, if you need, if you need more affection in your life, then you give more affection. If, if you need, if you, whatever you need, whatever you need, whatever you need, you give it and he says, it's, you're going to get it. You give and it will be given to you. It's not just finances. See, it works in finances as well, but what, listen, wherever the need, you sow a seed. Did you hear that? Wherever the need, you sow a seed. See, when we have a need, we just want to sit in the corner and go, wait, 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 I don't have this. <laughs> okay. We want to throw a fit, don't we? We want to cry, we want to whine, we want to tell everybody what we don't have. And poor pitiful me. No, no, no. Jesus didn't say, you sit in a corner somewhere and cry about it. No, he says, wherever you have a need, you sow a seed. You don't just wait for it to come to you. You take an action step. Wherever you have the need, you sow a seed. Now, my problem was this. Listen, Rhonda and I have been tithers before we ever got married. That's, both of us did that, and we have continued to this day. I am a tither to this church, have been all my life. I mean, well, almost. I've been here 25 years, so it's almost in my life. Is that we've done this. So that's not what I want to talk to you about. But the other part about being a giver was I was scared to give. I, I had this mindset that of scarcity, that if I gave what I had, I wouldn't have any more for me. And so I had this pie mentality. Look at my apple pie right here. See my apple pie? There's that one slice left. And so usually if that looks, especially finances, I think about that and I think about that one slice. And that one slice means if I give this away, I'm not going to have anything left. But I want to tell you something. When you're a child of God and you're generous in God's kingdom, it doesn't work that way. He didn't, God didn't want you to live a scarcity mindset. He wants you to live with a mindset that says there's more than enough. Amen. And here's what I want to tell you. What I want to cue you in on, what I got cued in on was this, is it changed my mindset. It's all of a sudden I realized I don't just have a pie. I know the pie maker. Yeah. Matter of fact, would you look right now? I want to show you what you got right here. Look at this. You got a pie factory. That God Almighty, He owns it all, right? He makes pies every day. And you never have to run in, worry about running out of pie as long as you know the pie maker. And Jesus Christ is the pie maker, amen? He's the pie maker, hallelujah. I don't understand it. You don't understand it. And we don't know about how that when we give, it shall be given, right? right. Press down, shake it together, run over. Why? Because he's got the factory running. He never shuts down through COVID-19. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. He didn't, he didn't shut down. He's still, that's why you're still doing well right now. That's why you're still making, that's why you're still here. That's why you're still functioning at home because God's still at work. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You preach, Pastor. I will. Amen myself. Learning, you've got the pie maker. When you know the pie maker, you don't have to be afraid of scarcity. That's what he's saying. It's going to be pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Why? Because when you finish that one, I got 10 more coming your way. But you can't have the 10 more until you let go of the one you have. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Let, me, let me cue you in on something. 
Do your giving while you're living so you'll be knowing where it's going. <laughs> Let me say it one more time, one more time. Do your giving while you're living so you'll be knowing where it's going. See, a lot of people say, well, I'm just going to save, 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 save. And yeah, you save and you, you're out of here. You know, you've been saving all that money. And the, the day you're gone, you know what? You, you don't like Harley-Davidson motorcycles, but the day you're gone, your kids are going to go out and buy them a motorcycle with your money. <laughs> and you told them don't ever ride a motorcycle. They're going out and buying one with your money. Do you give them while you're living? You, you know the Bible says this about giving generosity. The Bible says that when we give to God's kingdom, that we're laying up treasures in heaven where no thief can break in and steal. Yes. And God's keeping account of that. You know what I, this is what I've discovered. This is what I, my plan is, is that this church is in my will. It's in my will. Because I want to get to heaven one day, and, and, and whoever's in charge of walking me around, you know, I know Jesus and God, they got all this other stuff they do. Somebody will walk me around, and they're going to say, Jeff, all this is here because of your giving. And I want to go, oh, thank you. But then all of a sudden, I want to hear a ding. And that ding means three days after you've been here in heaven, Jeff, another gift that you've given has come in. That means my kids are going to make sure to give what I, what I, in my will, come to this church. Amen? So after I get to heaven and I've been there three or four days, I'm still going to get another wave coming in because my kids are instructed in my will, you give to God's kingdom. Amen? Because Amen? Amen. I, don't, I don't want my giving to go away. When I go away, I still want to be able to give more. Amen? Amen? When we give, people live. I sure am glad that somebody gave because I wouldn't be here today if they hadn't. Somebody gave at that local church I went to Amen. and provided a place for me to go, and I found Jesus. Amen. That youth pastor that they paid their salary because they gave led me to Jesus. Amen. And I'm so glad today that I'm a part of a generous church. And I just want to say thank you to you because you're generous. Amen. I'm not sharing this with you because we want something from you. Oh, no, I just want to say thank you for what you've already done. You're, you've been so generous. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you're not connected to the pie maker or the way maker. I want to offer you that opportunity right now. Maybe you're in this room or you're watching online, but right now is your opportunity. Listen, get it right with Jesus. I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads right where you are. Heavenly Father, right now, in this room, and Lord, those that are watching. Right now, there's people, God, that have not settled this issue with you. Lord, they've acknowledged you, but they've not followed you. And today's the day they're going to change that. And they're, they're going to ask you right now these words. They're going to say, dear Lord Jesus, come into my life and save me. Forgive me of my sins that I might know you and that I might have you and have you as my Savior and Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Listen, if you said that prayer today, then please text me these words following Christ to that number because I want to pray with you. And we're going to leave that up just a little bit longer today. 
Can we give a hand to all those that just said yes to Jesus Christ? Amen. Last week, last week there was five people gave their life to Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome? Hallelujah. Okay, number four is this. The last one is this, how to handle my family business. Here it is. Number four is seek help with my family finances. Seek help with my family finances. Proverbs 15 and 22 says this, plans, plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors bring what? Success. Here's what I want to tell you. We have a saying that we've been saying at this church for about 10 years, and that is this. You can't do better or be better until you know better. Especially when it comes to your finances. All you know is what you know. And Rhonda and I, were, were the, we just knew week to week. That's all we knew. And there was always a crisis. There's always a crisis, financial crisis. But we learned better. We learned that there is another way. And I want to help you that. Look, as your pastor who loves you, let me tell you something. My life is all about trying to help your life get better. That's what, that's what I spend time on my knees asking God for. It's somehow that your life can get better. I am committed my life to doing everything I can to help your life get better through Jesus Christ. Amen. This week, I interviewed a couple that's going to share their story with you and they're being very transparent. Would you just turn your eyes toward the screen? Well, hello everybody again. I have a special guest with me uh, that has come today to share their story that I get to interview. And that is Amato and Helen Fajardo. They are um, uh, people that have been through financial uh, difficulty, but have a great story. So today I wanted them to share their story with you uh, that we can learn from them. So. Helen, why don't we start with you, and uh, why don't you tell us what your life was like before uh, when you guys were uh, not financial peace people? We were having loud discussions quite often, and uh, me with a uh, little bit of financial background and whatnot, I kind of knew what to do, but he wasn't on board, so I just, I don't know, I think I just got quiet up all the time until I exploded mm -hmm. and so did you how did you feel during all of that tense angry um, ready to throw things mm -hmm. how long do you think that went on uh, a long time like five years ten years ten plus years mm -hmm. well she's being very kind um, at that point I think that you can probably say that we were on the verge of just going our separate ways. Mm -hmm. um, I was frustrated, I was angry, I was disappointed. I felt um, a little bit of betrayal, if I can call it that. Um, there were even periods where um, the re once the reality hit that we were in debt and couldn't pay our bills, then I went into this um, desperate stage of depression. Mm -hmm. um, and that was from a standpoint, I just couldn't talk to anybody, couldn't stand to be around her. So I, you know, I separate myself. Um, I wasn't mean to the kids, but I just wouldn't, I wasn't the same guy. 
I mean, things got so bad that at one point, you know, I was trying to figure out a way of getting a second job, and that wasn't happening because the economy tanked with the, with the housing and, and other things occurred. And at that point, I said, well, maybe she can do better with life insurance. Mm. You know, so it got that close for me because um, I just felt like a complete failure. Mm -hmm. I, I just, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. And we were not talking. We were arguing all the time. Um, and it was just an unhealthy, um, unhealthy lifestyle. It was an unhealthy home. How much in debt were you? Uh. Let's go back just a little bit. Um, when we first came to uh, Stockbridge Community Church, you offered the very first financial piece, and we were going through the class, and then we had to take the assessment to really find out how much we were in debt, and we were floored. We had $130,000 in debt, 13 credit cards, and along with that $130,000, there was two vehicles. And then you had a, a mortgage to pay as well. And a second mortgage. And a second mortgage. Wow. Wow. We, we did everything Dave Ramsey said not to do before we knew Dave Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Borrowed off our 401k, co-signed a loan. We were in debt with taxes. We put $500 down on a, a van on a credit card. So there was a turn that happened. Amato, what made you stick with it? I mean, like, you know, here you are, you're, you're retired military, and you're, you're working a civilian job now. What, what was it about financial peace that, that made you want to stick with it? I think there were a couple of things that, that hit me right away, is that as we were going through the second and third class, and I was able to put my head up and listen to what they were saying, I found out rather quickly that I wasn't the only one, mm. you know, that there were other folks that had made the mistakes, maybe not as bad as ours, but they had made the mistakes and they were trying to recoup their lives and, you know, take the opportunity for a better life, you know, and slowly but surely we paid out the first credit card and I said, well, okay, maybe this will work. And then the second and then the third, you know, and what we found out is that our faith grew above all else, you know, so when that faith started to grow, I, I, I felt that confidence level that we can do this. It's going to require a change in, in what we did. But one thing that also I picked up on is that we started to have a discussion for the very first time in probably those five or 10 years. You know, we, we talked and we had heartfelt talks and, and we even included the kids in, you know, like, okay, this is where we're at. This is the problems. So they were understanding and they tried to help, you know, so for those that are out there that doubt this program works, we're living testimony that, that it does. Um, I, I, can't, I can't tell you the, the joy that I feel, you know, that we were able to climb out of that. And the bigger joy now is to be able to help others, you know, when in their dark times where they feel that they're alone and they can't do it, you know, that I've walked that walk. How long did it take you to, to get out from that you know, that mountain of debt. A little over seven years. Seven years. And we refinanced with the HARP program. Uh, so we uh, brought our mortgage um, down to uh, 15 years mm -hmm. and we were able to pay it in less than six. Wow. So where are you right now? First of September, we'll be completely debt free with the house. So after September, no house payment, no mortgage, no nothing. Nope. All we have are cobwebs in our uh, 
mailbox now. Wow. <laughs> All we get is advertisements. No, no more uh, late notices, no more of that. If you had to say something to the people here in this room or those that are watching online that just, they just, you know, like they're thinking, can this really help me? Uh, what would you say to those people? This journey starts with the first step. Not to be scared, to have faith in the fact that God wants us all to, to be happy and to be progressive and, and to do things with our lives instead of worrying and being burned down with this. We just celebrated 42 years of marriage, you know, and I love her more than anything else now. But those were very dark years, you know, for us. No communication, no love, no, no you know, nothing. And, and now life is different for me. I, I feel joy now for the very first time in a while. So I would say take that first step. Um, the church's motto is have an opportunity for a better life. And of course, I mean, we live it, we do it. Take that journey, take that first step. I don't know if you heard those words. You know the part that struck me the most? is they went through over 10 years of devastation in their relationship because of finances. Over 10 years. When they came to that class, they were in their mid-50s. So that means, so from the time they were in their mid-40s or earlier to then that they had lost that time in their relationship because of one thing, finances. I don't want that for you. I don't. I don't want that for you. And Amato said, I, at one point I thought, well, maybe she'll do better without me and I could end my life and she could get the insurance money. That is not what God wants. There is a way out. There is hope. There is hope. And some of you sitting in this room, you're like, well, you know what? We're young and, and we don't know. Go ahead and get on track now so you don't get there. Yes. I want you to know there's hope today. Whether it be finances, whether it be sickness, whether it be a relational strife, there's hope. God wants to meet you where you are. But he refuses to leave you there. You have to take a step. You have to take a step. I want to ask you to sign up for financial peace. I want you to take it. Because I don't want you to lose 10 or 15 years in your relationship before you wake up. Why don't you get it right now? Get it right now. You can sign up on your app. There's also other groups there. We're the church that goes a second mile because we love people. We love people. We love you. Would you stand with me? I feel compelled today to pray for you. And this is going to be the ending of our time together today. There's not going to be another song. I don't know what's going on in your life. Let's just take finances right out of, the, out of the picture right now. Do you have a situation in your life that you'd be honest and say, I really need God's help with this situation? 
if that's you, would you be bold enough and brave enough to say, you know, it's a situation. It doesn't mean finances. It just means a situation. Would you be bold enough, and brave enough just to raise your hand right now all over this building? All over. All over. Come on, be brave. Be brave. Be brave. Would you just hold that hand up? I want to pray for you right now, a miracle from God. Father, right now in the name of your son, Jesus, you see the hands in this room. You see the hands of people that are raising their home. You're the miracle worker, oh God. You're the way maker. Lord, you're the one who parts the seas. You're, you're the one who intervenes. You give sight to the blind, oh Lord. You restore hope. You restore life, oh God. You're the savior of the world. And so today we come before you saying, God, we need you. We can't do this on our own, oh God. It's bigger than us, oh Lord. And we just ask you to come down right now. God, would you just open our eyes to a way, oh Lord. Will you give us opportunity, oh God, to move in our behalf, oh Lord. Would you just show us a way, oh God, a way out of this. And God, would you restore what the enemy's stolen. God, I, I declare over every family right now, God, that you restore, just like you did with a motto in Helen, oh God. You restored those 10 years that were lost, oh God. They've been filled with joy the last 15 years, oh God, because of what you have done. Will you restore what the enemy's stolen, oh God? I declare it right now in the name of Jesus. There will be restoration. And God, you will renew relationships, oh God. You will renew, Lord, finances. You will renew love, oh God. You will renew our homes, oh Lord. You will Restore relationships with parents and children, oh God. You're going to bring our children home, oh God. You're moving right now. Holy Spirit, you're moving right now. Lord, right now, we receive what you're doing, oh God. We walk by faith and not by sight in the Son of the living God that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly and above all we can even ask, imagine, or think right now. Right now. Would you just right now with your heads bowed just say, God, I receive it. Would you do it right now? Lord, I receive it. I receive it, Lord, what you're wanting to do. The miracle, oh God. The miracle. That impossible situation with that job, oh God, is being restored. That new door, oh Lord, the opportunity is being opened up right now. Lord, that impossibility of going to college is being, Lord, right now the door is being opened. I just sense that in my heart. And Lord, Lord, that baby to be born. Oh, God, I just sense it. Lord, there's someone in this room been praying for that baby. God, that you're going to give that child to them. I just pray that. We pray this prayer today in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said amen. Let's say it. Amen, everybody. Amen. Come on, give God a hand. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.